Canadians Day takes place on the 1st of December every year. It has become one of the most recognised international health events and a key opportunity to raise awareness, celebrate progress and encourage continued developments in HIV and AIDS care. To mark World AIDS Day, we are having a chat with Mal about his own experiences of living with HIV in Northern Ireland. So Mal, most people have no obvious symptoms. Can we begin by asking how you learned you were HIV positive? Uh, I went for a test because I had met someone and we decided to go for a test. What was your reaction to to your diagnosis then? Well, Roshin, it was 30 years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at 1991 and uh, I had a private GP at that time who said, test has come back positive. Um, I'm going to refer you to the hospital uh, and you've got five good years left. Wow. So, I mean, that is shock. It's shocking whenever you hear it and laid out so kind of yeah. it was coldly in a sense. I mean, what were your immediate thoughts after that in terms of, you know, I've heard some people who kind of cashed in their pension and decided to live things up because that's how they felt that their life was really coming to an end. Uh, well, I had two react- Well, one was, yes, I did that, actually. I had a pension plan, you know, that I had all of that, and I decided that, yes, let's just cash it in. There's no point. Uh, didn't go wild or anything. Uh, but then on the other hand, when I got home, I sort of I remember looking at myself in the mirror, a full-length mirror, and thinking, this is not going to get me. And I, th- I made a decision at that moment that, you know, I would try to do my best to fight it in every possible way. Just about testing, you and your partner went and got tested together. Did you know much about HIV at that time? Uh, yes, I had a couple of friends who who died of it. One of them had died at the very, very beginning of it when it wasn't, they didn't really even know what it was. So about 1983, 84, became very ill. So yes, I was, I had been around it. I saw a death from it very quite close up. Mm-hmm. So I was aware of what could happen. And again, you know, you've been, you were very young when you received your diagnosis. So can you tell me really about how it's had an impact on your life? First of all, I decided to share it with very close friends. I thought that was quite important. Quite soon after, I also decided to tell my siblings, my brothers and sisters about it, uh, because I felt that they should know that there was this possibility. So that support network was quite important um, to me. Uh, I actually did become sick quite early on because my the first blood tests, my T cells were quite low. Um, so I had experienced not, you know, not, not severe, severe illness, but ill enough to be hospitalized once. So it was a difficult time, it was diff- but I still had maintained the bottom line that I would fight it as much as I could. But I, you know, in some ways I was fortunate because I didn't at that moment have any physical symptoms of it. And I began to get a few of them, but uh, I did manage somehow to reverse them. They were reversed. Has it had an impact on your other relationships? I mean, did you feel that, you know, your family, you said that your family, you told them quite quickly and you had that support? Because some people feel that they need to kind of keep that diagnosis to themselves. How important do you think that that has helped you in terms of managing your HIV, that you had that support there? Well, I think it was vital. I think it was really, really important. I mean, I, I chose the people to tell, but in a way, I also it was also giving them a responsibility a, not to share that information unless they confirmed this was my information and you know I'm, I'm imparting it to you. Uh, that was mainly friends. Family, actually, the reaction was it took them a while, of course, because they thought I was going to die. I suppose I did too, in a way. Um, but 
but then my brother had finally enough said to me, I think that you know, you've always lived your own life and that we can't worry about this at this moment. So when the time comes, we will worry. And I thought that was quite a sensible way to view it. Let's all live our lives and when the time yeah. comes, we'll deal with it. So on the whole, very positive reactions to it. So I was maybe fortunate, you know, very lucky. Did it have an impact on your on your working life? Um, well, I, I was self-employed, so, you know, that, that was, and I was in the travel business, so it didn't require me to, I mean, I suppose at the beginning I was worried that, you know, would I be able to work and all that, but as time went on and I, I actually, it was about a year and a half or two years I didn't work because I was kind of in a state of kind of depression, I suppose, in a way, but then I decided, come on, this is ridiculous, you're not getting ill, you know, you need to get on. You need to earn money and, and get on with your life as long as you can. And, and so on that, so then I went back to work. It was quite. That was quite an important decision. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things has obviously been the treatments and the management of HIV down through the years. And obviously, you'll have seen the huge changes that there've been and the benefits to that. So I suppose, can you tell me just a wee bit about what your treatment consists of and how you keep yourself well? Well, at the beginning, of course, it was very difficult because it was very. It was AZT. And we knew that AZT was actually killing people because of the huge doses that the people were being given. I, I mean, I suppose in some ways, 1991 was the beginning of the, you know, when things were becoming a little bit easier. I was also on a drug called DDI, which was horrific to take. You had to take it, three, I think, three times a day. You couldn't eat fat with it. You, know, you couldn't eat anything fatty. It was quite debilitating in that sense. I just I carried on with it, though, you know. I, I didn't have the awful treatments with it, so it was easier to take. And, and, and quite quickly, the, the drugs changed, you know. So things got better quite quickly uh, in that the taking of the medication. So uh, I hadn't really suffered any side effects, particularly from medication. Eight years, I've been on the same three drugs daily, once a day. Uh, and then six weeks ago, my doctor decided to try me on a, a one tablet a day. So I've been taking that just for about six weeks. And then how often would you, how often would you be reviewed, Mel? Uh, every six months. Because I'm on a new regime, I'm being reviewed actually in the middle of December because it's, to see how it's going. But actually, you know, I would like to just say, Rosie, one thing is I think mental attitude to it is quite important also. I think okay. you've got to maintain a very positive approach to it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of stigma wrongly associated with having a diagnosis of HIV, and that's probably due to an ignorance or misinformation about how HIV is transmitted. Or maybe it's the enduring legacy of those old um, campaigns from the early 80s that has portrayed it as a death sentence. Has discrimination been a feature of your life or have you been treated differently because you are living with HIV? I haven't really had any stigma, to be honest. Personally speaking, I, don't, it's, um, you know, I haven't really... I know many people have suffered with that. I, I personally haven't really. I mean, I suppose in the early days... You know, a couple of people rejected me because I used to, you know, if I was, when I was single, you know, um, I would say to people that I met, you know, well, you know, I'm HIV. And I think a couple of times, perhaps, of course they did. They said, no, 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 I don't want to do that. But actually, subsequently then I had, I had boyfriends afterwards who, for whom it wasn't a problem. Healthcare system, I haven't been in hospital. So I haven't, I haven't really come face to face with stigma against it. So I haven't, perhaps I'm cocooned a little bit from that, but I certainly haven't had that reaction. Well, that's really positive, you know, it hasn't been a feature of, of your life. But um, for some people, unfortunately, it has. Yeah, yeah. What do you think that we could do to challenge that? As healthcare workers? 
Yes. Well, I think it's very important that health, the people in healthcare, they get rid of their own prejudices because it's an illness like any other. It's an illness which we live with. It's like diabetes or anything. It's a very livable with. And why? It's because of the sexual stigma against it. Because it can be transmitted sexually, it has led people to make judgments or assumptions about a person's sexual orientation or their lifestyle choices, which has fueled the stigma around HIV. And that's also got implications for testing and who to test for HIV, which is important because earlier detection is key to starting treatment and keeping well, whereas the outcomes for people with a late diagnosis are much less favourable. What advice would you give to someone who who has recently maybe got a diagnosis of HIV and, and is maybe coming to terms with their own status? I think it takes quite a bit. I think it takes time to do it. But I think, well, I think it's vitally important that you somehow find a a positivity about your life, especially now, because it's not a life-threatening illness anymore. You know, it's an illness which you learn to live with and live with very successfully. And I think that because when they're recent, people are newly diagnosed, they're they're still thinking back to all that stigma attached to it. But you must find your own happy place. You must find that place where you're, comfortable and that may require you to talk to other people and also people I think often make a decision I'm not going to tell anybody because I'm frightened or I'm going to tell everybody and I might face rejection I think you have to spend time just with it yourself accept it inside yourself and then go forward I think those are very important aspects of it that you know that weren't there when I was diagnosed for instance you know it was a death sentence as you know five years to live five good years I was told that doesn't happen anymore but the stigma around that is so interesting, isn't it? Because it's it's still there, that kind of old-fashioned, as you said earlier, that old-fashioned idea that it is a death sentence. But I think we all have a I think we all have a responsibility to move forward with it and to help other people and especially healthcare professionals with it, because these are the people with whom newly diagnosed people come into contact with first. See, I think also that even that attitude of when a healthcare worker tells you that you're HIV positive. It's the expression of their face, it's the way they tell you, all those very simple ways of communication. I think the way you tell people about HIV, I mean, it's not, I don't think you should be smiling and laughing about it, but there is a way to deal with it when you're imparting that information that doesn't make it such a heavy burden for the person being told. When I had been had HIV for quite a number of years already, uh, you know, and in a way still thinking I was going to die from it, I remember going to my doctor once and... Um, had some pains and aches or something, you know, and he, at the hospital, and he said, to me, he said, I think Mel is just an age thing, you know, and I said, really? he said, well, and he, he said to me, he said, you know, um, you're not going to die of AIDS or HIV, he said, you'll die of something else, because the treatment, that's the first time anybody actually really said to me, you know, actually, you may not die of this, you're not going to die of this now, because the treatments are so good, and I went home, and I got thoroughly depressed, now, that was a strange reaction, I thought, later on, because if somebody's telling me, you know, I'm not going to die of this, you know, why am I not happy and overjoyed by it? And I suppose it's because you spent so much time thinking, you were, in a way, thinking you were going to die of it. But also the doctor is saying to you, I'm handing you back your life. Well, I think I am, and maybe I am, not quite sure, but the chances are. So, you know, you were in this kind of limbo where you'd lived all these years thinking you were going to die, and then suddenly he gives you back your life, but not really, but maybe, you know. So coming to terms with that took actually, I have to say, two or three months to be happy about knowing I wasn't yeah. going to die. So that's a whole other aspect, isn't it, that you don't, you don't even think is going to happen. 
Um, I recently read an article with Gareth Thomas, the Welsh rugby player, who said that the support of, he received from his family and friends didn't just help him live with HIV, but it also helped him live really well with HIV. And having that support from your family and friends and also Positive Life, the charity that works together with people who are living with HIV in Northern Ireland, has clearly had a very positive impact on how you live your life. I can't imagine that if I hadn't told them then, the horror of having to try and tell them 30 years on would be impossible for me. So, but I, you know, that's not for everybody. That's everybody can't, can't do that, you know. But when I came back here to live, having lived in London for many, many years, uh, I mean, Gavin was my first point of contact. I wanted to be, I wanted to know about HIV here, you know, because I'd been away for so long. So Positive Life had a very important role, uh, and still has actually, the communication from them, the ability to go there and be listened to and to meet other people who are living with it. And, you know, it's a very, it plays a very important part in my life. I do live the best life I can with it. And, but I don't, you know, it's not a, it's not a life-defining illness anymore. It's really not. You know, it's... it's um, which is a great way to, it's a great, great place to be, isn't it, now? You know, that we don't have to, but it's getting people who are newly diagnosed to that point, isn't it, where they believe that after the shock of hearing it, that's not so easy. It's easier for me for all these years. And I suppose too often we hear that, that everybody has such negative experiences. So it's great to hear that your, your experience has been, has been, you know, I suppose more positive and you've really taken control of your diagnosis and it has as I say, been a part of your life, but it's not been the only part of your life. I think you're quite, I think taking control of it is, is a very important phrase. You have to take control of it, you know. And I think that healthcare workers at the beginning of a diagnosis are very important for helping people do that. I think that's why sitting with it when you're diagnosed is quite an important factor that you know you have to just you have you have to come to terms with it inside yourself first. And that, that, I think that often gives you direction for what you're going to do next. Mal, can I just thank you for sharing your story with us. It's been really enlightening to hear how um, living with HIV has changed down through the years. Um, and it's important that we continue to raise awareness and challenge the stigma that persists around HIV. If anyone is interested in HIV awareness training, please get in touch with the sexual health team in promoting wellbeing. Mm-hmm.